1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: Yes, what is up, everybody? And welcome to MoFoR, John's favorite podcast in soccer. We trust. I'm Jimmy Trash Pan, Cheese, Cheese, Conradinho Conrad, also known as Jim, alongside Hollywood Harry, also known as Keith Pierce. But unfortunately, we have no Charlie Chuckwagon Davies today. He's on Europa League duty for CBS Sports' new Golasso channel, which, if you haven't checked out yet, everybody, you should because it's free. Find it on cbsports.com, the CBS Sports app, Pluto TV, Paramount Plus. And we're just very proud of him and everybody else behind the scenes that's getting that channel off the ground. History making, it's awesome. It's very cool to have a 24 7 channel dedicated to the beautiful game. Anyway, let's talk some shop Hollywood. We have a U.S. men's national team roster that's been announced for this upcoming friendly against Mexico. We have CONCACAF announcing the host cities for this summer's Gold Cup. We have weekend previews. Where do you want to start? It's got to be the roster, right?
2: Yeah, I think
0: so. <laughs> I just teased you sweet. out. I love it. Super flat. I love that.
2: <laughs> You're like, right, right? You're going right? to say that, right? You're going to say yes. You're going to say
0: that's where I want to start.
2: Well, I mean, this okay. is Serginho Das' national team, you know? So, uh, but I okay. look, look, I'll uh, like to, to to get into it. There's a lot of complaining about, like, well, one, I think people miss the context of like, why is this an all MLS roster? And you're like, well, if I've got to explain that, then I've got to explain a lot, you know. Um, so I'm right, not going right. to get into that. But there are some names on there that um, that I that I really like that I want to have a look at that are part of the future. Obviously, there's some recycled ones. Our pool is not that deep to just go oh, we're going to go all MLS guys, but we're not going to include any of the ones who have been part of it. We're going to have only... like We've got youth national teamers throughout that have other priorities, but I like this. I like this.
0: Okay, okay. So let's give everybody some context if you haven't seen the drop. 23 mm-hmm. players got named. There are... This is for the April 19th friendly against Mexico. Uh, the game falls outside of a designated FIFA window, so clubs are not obligated to release their players. But And I think for that reason... And I think they knew that always going into this heat that that it was going to be more domestic based mls based players that were going to be involved in this, this is
2: a, just just this is a multi-year all-state like sponsored thing, right like I think it's a new series that I don't yeah know it's just called the outside. Continental
0: Classico Continental yeah. Classico yeah and and the game's gonna be in Glendale, Arizona, which is where I scored my header against Mexico so long may that continue. I'm looking at Walker Zimmerman or maybe Josh winder getting a big header in this one to beat. Our biggest rivals, we got 10 players from this 23 man team that have, were on the world cup squad. Guess Jr., Dest, Sean Johnson, Aaron Long, Shaq Moore, DeAndre Yedlin, Walker Zimmerman, Kellen Acosta, Christian Roldan, Jesus Ferreira, and Jordan Morris. I think one of the big notable absences, I maybe uh, Club Americas, uh, Alejandro Zendejas, because he could have been released. You know, Mexico's roster has 22 players that are in Mexico. So that was an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Uh, only two players are outside of MLS that got released for this. Sergino Des, who I just mentioned, who hasn't played for AC Milan since January 24th and Alan Senora who plays for FC Juarez in Mexico. So interesting things. Now, before we get into kind of the roster overall, I, I do want to key on what you'd said before Heath, because I think this is really important for people to know. Cause, cause I feel like, Oh, this game's worthless. It's about making money and, and not anything else. And, I, I think people are looking at it wrong. Yeah. This is an opportunity, very similar to the January camp, where we can look at our player pool in a way that we wouldn't be able to look at it otherwise. Players are getting opportunities to get brought in front of the coaching staff, to be playing under high-pressure situations, or, or let's let's look at Aiden Morris, right? I know you're high on Aiden mm-hmm. Morris. I think he's a very good player. He's in camp with Kellen Acosta. Kellen Acosta's got close to 60 caps for the U.S. He's captained our team. When Aiden Morris goes into camp, He can see what the little things that Kellen Acosta is doing to allow him to be that good and that consistent to get close to 60 caps for the national team, right? They can take notes. Our younger players can take notes. Josh Weiner can come in and be like, what is Walker Zimmerman doing so well that, that gets him here? How did he play in a World Cup and play in every single game? These are little questions that you wouldn't maybe be able to answer if you didn't have these types of friendlies. So yes, I understand... And I think it's fair to have, oh, well, this is yep. about making money and blah, blah, blah. I get all that. But Mexico also gets a chance to look at their player pool and, and give some opportunities to players that they normally wouldn't see. Now, I know the counter to that is we already know what Hazers Ferrer and Jordan Morris, Christian Roldan can bring to the table. I get that too. <laughs> I think in this instance, maybe you play a couple of them, but I think you sprinkle in a few of the younger players, because ultimately those are ones that are probably going to be leading us to greener pastures in the future. But I just want people to see this as an unbelievable opportunity to right. deepen our player pool, to get a better evaluation on these particular players. Yeah, you see him play for the respective clubs. Yeah, okay, cool. And Morris is doing great for the Columbus crew. I know we saw him in the January camp, but let's, let's bring him in again and see how he's continuing to evolve. And obviously he's been playing very well for the crew this season. That's just one example, but I think this is a huge positive and when people shit on it, it just bums me out because not a lot of other countries around the world have this type of luxury.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I, I think you're right in the way that it needs to be positioned. But I think about um, these players coming in, there's not one of these players that was like, oh, yeah, but it's not like a real camp. You know, it's not like it's not like the bit." they're like, no, this is the national team. I'm playing against Mexico, one of the biggest rivalries in the world between two 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 countries in terms of uh, the, the magnitude of it. And it's an opportunity to prove yourself. And when I think about that, I think about it through the lens of actually the comments that Matt Miazga was making that he was screwed in the past, right? I don't know if you've read some of those comments I did about him being called him. But when he talked about it, he was like, yeah, guys got called into January camps and then they become mainstays. And I'm like, exactly. That is the whole point, is that you now have another opportunity to prove yourself. Now you can talk about nepotism, and you can talk about preferential treatments and favorites and all those things. And by and large, maybe one or two of those players exist on every team around the world, right? But for the most part, you got to come in and you got to prove yourself. So it's a chance for these young guys to get minutes it's, uh, or get get time in an intense environment. Because I promise you, no matter how good any of these young guys are, when you get into that first training with the national team, mm-hmm. and you look at the speed of play the time that you have to get the ball off your foot, the time that you have to make decisions, it is faster than anything you've ever experienced in your entire life. I don't care what club you play at, the national team and the international game, just because there is that willingness to prove themselves, it's a limited amount of time, it's a window of time that you, you're going to give everything, people go full in, right? And you learn quickly that jump that gap and and we saw Aiden Morris I don't think was was great in his first cap with the national team but he's been good with the club team you got to keep rewarding good performances and see if they settle in you and I both know we were never the best uh, 100% of our games with the national team but you try to keep yourself in the mix you wait for your window and then you you know if you get that chance you you keep trying to take it so I I I I do think it's the wrong perspective you can look at it through the business lens yeah it it is it is a sponsored event or whatever but it's important for for us to look at it also through this this opportunity to see these players, to get another look at these players, to test them. My question to you, Jimmy, is: Do you think that there's um, a conversation happening between the U.S. and Mexico in terms of like who are we rolling out? Right. We obviously want to entertain. We want to sell tickets. We want to make this a, a, continue to make this a, a strong rivalry. Yeah, that's a good But question. are we going younger players? Because because you know it might sound crazy to have that conversation, but sometimes those conversations do happen in friendlies where it's like. How do we go level for level are we are we focusing on the next generation of of players who haven't been capped much and trying that because you what you don't want to do is just create this one lopsided because for us and mexico it can get ugly quick in terms of like uh, one of these teams can run away from the other if you if not not to say you would ever do that between them because they are rivals but just thinking through that like you said do you play some of the young guys or are you going out to beat mexico in a a (laughs) come on you're definitely going out to beat mexico and they're, they're doing it
0: to go out there to beat us of course um But that's a great question. And I wonder if those conversations are even happening. When I look at Mexico's roster, they have nine players on this particular roster that played on their world cup team. Uh, And so, so they're bringing some experience as well. We have 10 world Mm -hmm. cup players. They have nine. I think Julian Araujo who left the galaxy to go to Barcelona is the one lone player coming from overseas to be a part of this camp. So I assume we're going to see him. That's a pretty big uh, ask to not, then not play him. If he, if he's not going to see it, Chicharito Apparently had a conversation with Diego Coca, not healthy enough to maybe be included in this one. Alexis Vega that comes back into the team. Very curious to see how he is going to play. I think they can still roll out a pretty good team. But to your point, when I think about the U.S., I think you have to have some experience in the spine of your team. And you know, that Sergino Dest is another one. You're not going to have him fly all the way over and not play him. So he's probably going to start, which bums me out a bit. I wanted to see Caleb Wiley potentially at the right back position. You can maybe play him out wide left. I mean, I know that he's very capable in different positions, so it's going to be interesting to see. And you, and you bring in DeAndre Yedlin mm -hmm. as well. Ton of experience.
2: Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Also, Jimmy, again, just to repeat the point for anybody who's just now tuning in or, 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 or watching this live and, and, and wasn't fair from the start. Clubs don't have to release these players. So when you're asking for why not this person, why not that person? It could be because they didn't get called in, but it can very well be because they put out an outreach to all these clubs and clubs are like, no, I would rather keep them in this environment. Like, are you going to play him? Oh, we can't promise we're going to play him. Okay, then I'd rather keep – like there is those conversations. Right, right. We talk about Brian McBride and the role he had as the general manager. That would have been the conversations he would have been having with Greg Berhalter to clubs um, or or in, or in this case Anthony Hudson to, to have these conversations to say, like, "Who? how can we field the best well-rounded squad of players that will benefit from being in camp, whether they play or not, and then also, you know, uh, players that I need to contribute to try to be competitive uh, against Mexico. So it's not as easy as being like, oh, yeah, right. they got screwed. Or or maybe the players feel like they got screwed if they didn't get released. But there, there's a number of factors when they fall outside of the transfer, uh, the international window that could play a, a factor and in, and in, in or play a, a part in why a player might not be called in.
0: Well, Miles Robinson's a great example, right? He plays domestically in MLS. He got called into the Nations League stuff. He's not in this roster. And I think that's Anthony Hudson probably saying, I've seen you and where you're at. I don't know if we need to add more games to to your heap as you continue to get back to 100 from your Achilles injury. And Atlanta may be going. We're not interested in, in releasing him. At the, we'll yeah. we we'll, can we'll let you go with Caleb Wiley. He's one of the three U20 team U20 players. Excuse me on this, along with Kate Cal and Josh Winder. Let let's let's just kind of rip through the roster for everybody that hasn't seen it yet. Well, they could
2: also, Jimmy, real quick. They could have said they could have said for for them, you can get. You can get one. him for one or the other, right? right and right. and they choose one. They used him because it was the most. And, and you know, you build those. You build. It's an ongoing relationship with these clubs. But, yeah, anyways, let's go through this roster.
0: All right, goalkeepers. Drake Callender from Inter-Miami, 25-year-old. He uh, found out from the Inter-Miami Youth Academy that he got called in. That was a pretty cool video. I yeah. highly uh, encourage you to go check <laughs> it out. Very heartwarming. Obviously, no caps for the national team. Roman Celentano from FC Cincinnati still doesn't have any caps either. Sean Johnson. From Toronto FC, formerly of NYCFC, has 11 caps. I expect him to start. Do you agree with me there?
2: <laughs> yeah. And it's just so funny to me, just because Sean Johnson has been in the national team pool since like nearly when I started in the national team, right? But it just goes <laughs> to show you how screwed goalkeepers get that they've been, he's been in this pool for literally over a decade and he's got 11 caps because there's just not a lot of like room he's for the, the three. He's the Nick well, he was the three of this group. and he was the. And the, Marcus oh, the thing is, this is group. like, and 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 like it's it's amazing what what he's he's done right uh, to be able to stay continuing to to kind of linger on because if you look there was like Bill Hamid throughout the years with Brad Kazan there was all these people and he continued to sort of knock on that door but yeah uh, he he should get the start in this one um, for sure but um, really cool for for guys to get their first call ups you know that could be really transformative for confidence and and hopefully whether they play or not. A few of them you'll see go like from like, oh, yeah, I've got my first call up to being like, oh, yeah, I believe in myself on a whole nother level. Because, you know, it is a game of margins in terms well, of confidence that can make all the difference. I'm glad
0: you brought that up. I think we've shared stories before about that first call up and whether you play mm-hmm. or not, when you walk back into your club team, you just got you're walking different. Your, your chest is is out. Your shoulders are back and some ways you get validated for all the hard work and sacrifice that they notice that you're good enough to be a part of that pool and Mm -hmm. it does change you and in it and hopefully in a positive way not for everybody but i remember and i'll share a quick story about this i wasn't in the national team pool for a very long time we can go into my late bloomer stuff later but i remember being on san jose this is 2001 so right you know jeff agus is on our team yeah and when he would come back from camp even though he had already had plenty of experience you could just see him walk back into the fold, walk back into the group with just a little, it's not arrogance, it's just this, this confidence that you can't replicate any other way. So I remember I used to warm up with Wade Barrett. Okay. And I'm like, wait, I wonder what that's like. I wonder, I honestly, conversation, wonder what that's like. So I just said, I'm going to pretend that I played for the national team this week and see how I play. And it worked. Like for two days, I was like doing cheeky back heels and possession mm. and doing all kinds <laughs> of good yeah. stuff. And having fun, right? Because I knew, hey, I was good enough to be out here. I'm good enough to be a good player. And then, of course, I made a mistake or two, and then my head went down, and then my head went down a little bit further, and then you realize I'm not good enough for the national team right now. But, but that, that psychology of that is really important. So to your point, I just think it's, it's, there is something to that little boost that you get for even if you get called up that does make a difference. All right, let's get into defenders. We got Sergio dess who we mentioned, Aaron Long back in, Julian Gressel. Matt Miazga, who's had a long stay away from the team, Shaq Moore, Caleb Wiley, Josh Winder, the seventeen-year-old who'll be making his move to Benfica here pretty soon, DeAndre Yedlin, and Walker Zimmerman. I want to see Josh Winder play. I want to see him. I want to play. I want to see him play for the Red White and Blue. I know he'll probably play for our U20s in the World Cup, U20 World Cup. But I, I, I think it's going to be Dest. My guess here, Heath, and I'll go first. Dest Zimmerman Winder. And I don't know who we have as left back. <laughs> I guess Shaq Moore can play there. We could put Caleb Wiley out there. Maybe that's too much youth on the back line, but I don't care at this point. Play the goddamn kids, especially in the back yeah. line. Let's just see what they got. Hmm. Let's just see. We did it with Jalen Neal in the January camp. He held his own. Why not against a pretty good Mexico team that's going to test us a little bit?
2: We do love right backs. I got to say that this national team, we've just we've got a we thing for depth at right back. Um Remember when you it was just only Dest like on the only left. Steve Chirondolo um,
0: was like our only right back for like yeah. eight years.
2: <laughs> yeah, and Frankie, like, Haydick, Frankie
0: Haydick and Steve Chirondolo own the right back yeah. position for a lot of years. Yeah. anyway, go ahead.
2: It, it, it's 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 crazy, and now we've got like seven of them that get called into every camp, and there's only one position for them. Um, yeah, I would agree with with that. I would say maybe just thinking, like practically about this, maybe you have a, maybe you actually go with with uh, Sergio Des on the left, and you have the opportunity at that point to go with. With, uh, uh, oh man, I want to get Caleb Wiley on the field though. I let's do too. Caleb Wiley.
0: Yeah. Let's play him. Let's play him. Yeah. Why not? All right. Let's move into midfielders. We have Kellen Acosta, Aiden Morris, Christian Roldan, James Sands. Welcome back. James Sands, Alan Senora and Jackson Yule, who's actually got 16 caps. He's, he's catching us. Heath. I don't know if I want Jackson. Yule. <laughs> we got all these guys that are getting close to the numbers that we have in terms of caps.
2: But uh, Jimmy, be be honest. When you look at these rollouts and they put the caps next to it, you compare your caps. Every oh, time. I, am always, I always,
0: always, always, always. But oh, yeah. I have I have That's a why. goal, and a lot of these players don't have a goal, so I'll take
2: it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's um, always there's levels, dude. There's levels. There's levels.
0: There's levels. Yeah. Plus, like, you know, I got a World Cup to my name. I'll take that. Yeah. So, so this is interesting because you could play a double pivot and have Acosta and Aiden Morris. If we go with the four three three, which I assume we will. Mm-hmm. We, we kind of got a lot of holding midfielders. I know, I know Senora can be our 10, so maybe, he, maybe that's why you brought him in and, and talked him into coming. Um, not that my, I don't think it would have been hard to bring him in, but maybe Acosta, uh, Aiden Morris, and Senora. I don't know. Or do you, you could have Roldan play a little bit higher? Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a tricky one in midfield because it feels like we got a lot of similar players there. What are you thinking?
2: That's a good question. Um, by the way, I'm locking in on I I I Caleb Wiley's been fantastic this year as a left back. So I'm saying I'm I'm saying play him as a as a starter. It's a big finally. jump.
0: Thanks, thank, thank you for waiting five minutes to finally agree with me. I appreciate
2: it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's a it's a big, it's a it's a big jump, but like he's been and on the ball, he's nice. Sink or swim, um, dude. Sink or swim. Yeah, I like it. And there's always time in the future to prove yourself again if you don't have this time if you're if you're playing that well at the club level and you're that young. Um man, honestly. You could drop Tases Ferrer,
0: though. You could once we look at the forwards, you could drop Ferrer in the 10th spot. I just wanna throw that out there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't see us, I don't see us like rolling out a different style of play for this one. I mean, when you when you look at it, there could be an argument to play with a back three, but I just don't see how that makes sense. Um, given the context that these players haven't spent a lot of time together. But I would say I like Aiden Morris at the six. Uh, Kellen Acosta, I think is a good two-way player around him. And then you're really talking about, maybe you go with James Sands as, as, a James Sands has been really good at just blocking passing lanes all the year. Like NYC AFC had some crazy stats about penetrating passes. We're at the lowest when he's on the field and in the midfield, not playing as a, as a, as a center back in a bind. Um, but I really want to reward Aiden Morris for like his, his numbers out outrageous. Um, and so. I'd say him next to Kellen Acosta, just so you have mm-hmm, some consistency mm-hmm, there and some experience, and then. I I, noticed, I now that I look at the forwards and we got, uh, I'll just
0: name them so you have those as options. Heath, we got Paul Areola, Kate Cal, Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Morris, Brandon Vasquez. Yeah. So so I, I I would honestly at this point drop Ferreira into the ten spot and then
2: and then yeah, put Vasquez up, Vasquez, Vasquez up
0: high. Vasquez up high and, and then Jordan Morris then on one
2: side, JMO on one side and.
0: J Mo on the left
2: and then Cade Cowell. I mean, Cade Cowell's the next J so I don't think you'd play both of them at the, right, at the moment, right, but Cade right. Cowell's exact. He's exactly at that age and development where so you can get him way. 30.
0: I, but I, I, don't, but I, I mean, again, but I. Areola's on the right hand side. You, need,
2: you Yeah. But I, I don't I, see a world. I, I, look, Jordan Morris, obviously, has been best as a striker recently. Um, he's on but, fire, too. But, but yep. generally speaking, he, he can play on the left. So maybe you go with him at the nine and Brandon Besk is after, but I think. Um, like using Jordan Morris at that in that context isn't like isn't something that we need to see for the future, right? Cause there's just too yeah. much there's too many people there. It's not it doesn't make any sense to like say like let's use crucial yeah, minutes. So J- I think Brandon is there. He, yeah, his J-Mo, best way
0: forward is the nine, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, but but on the left hand side, you, you just gotta choose Jordan Morris or Kate Cow. And then on the right, you're kind of really only left with with uh Ariola. Um and that's it.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. Uh, I do want to see Kate Cal get some meaningful minutes though. And I
2: think or Christian Roldan, uh, Christian Roldan's playing on the right-hand side too. There. Like he, he can play that's there. That's true. Um, a little more advanced. So. Um,
0: All right. Yeah. So that was our initial kind of breakdown of the roster. Pretty excited to see some of these names. I want to see some of these kids play and, and partner with some of our older players and see how they fit in. I think that'll be very exciting. But we'll have a proper preview. Ahead of this game, as it gets closer, we're six days away from kickoff. Again, that'll be on April 19th in Glendale, Arizona, where I scored the roll, the clip goal. My header against Mexico didn't even need to jump. Anyway, we're going to take our first break of In Soccer oh, We geez. Trust. We're going to come back and talk about MLS's handling of racism due to some uh, recent going-ons between the New York Red Bulls and San Jose Earthquakes, and and uh, that should be an interesting conversation for Heath and I and everybody listening and watching. And then we'll get into our weekend previews and CONCACAF Gold Cup venues. So do not go anywhere.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: All right. If you're a U.S.-based fan of the beautiful game, Paramount Plus is an absolute must-have subscription from the NWSL to the Champions League to Serie A and so much more in between. And honestly, if if you're not sure if it's for you, then we're going to make sure that you try. So give it a try. One month for free by using the code nwsl twenty. 23. And of course, we want to give a shout out to everybody that's been supporting us throughout this last year and a half. Heath, I think that's how long we've been going here on in soccer. We trust. We just got nominated for the best soccer podcast and we got seconds. We got second. This this some guy named James Richardson, who I know who he is. Actually, he's, that's a really good show. And, and I enjoy what he's done for so many years in the game. But we ended up getting second. Second in our first year, though. And we, get, we, we were good. one above Sky Sports. I think I think uh, we're trending in the right direction, Hollywood.
2: Yeah, I like it. And it's also just a testament to to the community and their willingness to participate, one, in listening, watching the show, being part of this, engaging with us on social media, but also voting. Um, and so, yeah, super grateful to everyone. And obviously, this is a national team-focused podcast, or it's actually a soccer podcast through the lens of the national team. Um, but, but as we head towards 2026, it's only going to get bigger and better and I uh, appreciate everybody who's been around for the ride so far. Second place, you know, I love it. I love oh, it. I love the start. Yeah.
0: It's a great start. We didn't put a trophy in our cabinet just yet, but we're working towards making that happen. So, to echo the sentiments from our very own Hollywood Harry, Heath Pierce, we appreciate it. Auto promotion, though, Jimmy.
2: Auto promotion. <laughs> we're in the first division now. We've gone up to the, we've gone up to the top league, you know? That's true. Uh, we got
0: on it. Yeah, we're automatically yeah. promoted. We don't have to play yeah. in the playoff to get into that. You love that. Rafa says best soccer pod with or without that award. We bow down to you and your greatness. Rafa, thank you so much. And for everybody else that's putting those kind words into the comments. So make sure you hit like, and subscribe. If you haven't already, turn on notifications and uh podcast platform of choice. You guys know the deal. Like, follow, leave us reviews. Yeah. Good ones, especially. All right, Heath, let's get into uh, something heavy. Let's, let's pivot a little bit and mm-hmm. talk about this recent incident between New York Red Bulls for Dante Van Zier their new, I think he's a DP signing from Belgium. He, in the run of play against the San Jose Earthquakes, there was a foul between him, I think, and Yudson from, from, from the Quakes. And while Judson was getting tended to, or because or he was rolling, you know, I think he got kneed in the back. He's on the ground. Van Zier said something, and Jeremy Abobasi immediately reacted to what he said, as did a few of his teammates and the game got delayed for 20-plus minutes. Now, the coach for the New York Red Bulls, Gerhard Strubert, elected not to take him out of the game. And there has since been an apology, public statements, from Dante Van Zier and from Strubert and from the New York Red Bulls condemning this. A- mm-hmm. And you have the player, Van Zier, saying, acknowledging that he said something. Abobasiz come out, or at least had a quote after the game, saying, that the, the reason why he didn't walk off the field is because the player said he just said it in general and that, that and it's a racial slur. And it was said more, it wasn't directed at anybody. Now, obviously there's a lot more behind it. MLS is having their own investigation right now. I, I man, I don't know where you want to start with this. I, I just think that there's a zero tolerance policy that, that MLS has had in place for quite some time. And, I think it's incredibly important that they follow through on that zero tolerance. You can't, whether you're coaching, whether you're a parent, wherever it is, if there's cracks in the rules that you set, uh, it it just, you're going to lose the respect of the people that you're trying to lead. And Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people that they're leading here. And it's not just the players on either team that were involved in this incident. It's also the fans that pay their hard-earned money to come to this, right? They're looking to these organizations to lead in a proper way. And this has no place in our game. It's absolutely ridiculous. I think this guy's got to get out of the league. A team away. I came out and said the same yeah. thing. Get get him out of the league. Simple. Yeah. There's like, how else are you gonna change? And, and how else are you gonna change behavior, unless there's some type of consequence like zero tolerance, where you're like you're out, or yeah. or guess what, uh, manager guard Strubert, like your your team loses three points as well. Like that that game's a three zero loss. It's a forfeit for you if any anytime a player or anybody conducts themselves in this way, that then yeah, I think you'll start to see the change uh, that that they want to see, right? And that the change that there should be or should be happening at this time. It's insane, man. it's insane. and, and yeah. uh, go ahead.
2: no, I think I think yeah, there should be there should be a the, the, the zero tolerance policy should be acted upon. I think the process is first the investigation. I think globally, soccer is not the most progressive sport, but domestically, I believe it is. Um, And it has the opportunity to be the first mover of enacting or creating or seeing the change that we want to see globally, that we want to see domestically. And uh, as the stewards of the sport, there has to be uh, extreme consequences for these types of things. Because if you don't, like you said, you are misleading the people that you are meant to be leading. And, And it allows there to be a hearsay and circumstance, and like nuance, and there is no nuance to to certain words that exist. There is no nuance to or or con- more context needed to certain things. Um, that if you go to the point of of of, of saying something uh, that you shouldn't say, uh, you should be uh, reprimanded in the most extreme um, way. And so, a lot of people are calling for expulsion and. As the, as the investigation rolls out, I'm if, if, if indeed it all is what it is, uh, then yeah, I, whatever the max m- max parameters that they set for, for, for uh, repercussions or consequences, they should follow. Um, because it's just, like you said, it, it's a, it's a zero tolerance. It isn't like a, uh, yeah, but like have you heard the other side type of thing when it comes to these kinds of things? It just needs to be cut out um, fully.
0: It's, what's interesting is in in his statement apology. This is the player and Dante Van Zier, like
2: should have. It does it like we've been through this enough times over the last couple of years. Um, There's precedent,
0: that, right? There's precedent.
2: That you, like he should know what to do here. Here, at a bare minimum, like you should at least be able to be like you're out, and. I will. T- I, as the leader of this club, of this team, of this group of players, will take responsibility for whatever happens or doesn't happen. But I need to take responsibility for this moment, regardless of knowing the full he had picture to of him what, out. or what you told me. So,
0: yeah, he yeah. had to take him out, and the fact that he didn't, and they had the goalkeeper, his very own goalkeeper, I think, pleading with him to take him out, uh, really demonstrates <sighs> the actions and the thoughts of Gerhard Struber in that particular moment when he had an, he had a, he had a choice, and he elected to go for three points and keep one of his best players in Mm -hmm. instead of actually doing the right thing. And that's, that's really uh, unfortunate. Now, Dante van Ziers, part of his, his, uh, statement apology said, I accept full responsibility for my actions. And this is where the guy loses me a little bit. While I did not intend to cause any harm or offense with my, uh, my language. I know that I did. And for that, I'm deeply sorry. Uh, (laughs) dude, if you say something like of that nature, you have to know that you're intending to harm somebody, to to trigger somebody in a negative way. There's just no, like you don't use that language to do anything but that. So for him to say, I didn't intend, that's such, listen, the more I I like read his thing and then reread it, the more I'm like, F this guy and let's get him out of the league and let's just move on and and, and get through this as quickly as possible. And
2: intent, it has, again, it's, 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 it is very, it's binary. It's black or white, right? It's it, the intent means nothing in the context of certain language that exists in our society. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, like, and so especially when you're talking about on the field of play with people around being said in that, like, that's the context, uh, uh, uh you know, it, it, we're, we're not talking about other circumstances where that could come out in, in the form of like music, art, culture, these types of things we're talking about on the field, in a game of play, in competition, using language that has no place in society period.
0: Okay. So New York Red Bull manager, Gerhard Stuber, this is from Felipe Cardin. Yes. What's up old friend of the show. He said, uh, Gerhard Stuber said Dante Van Zier's racial slur. He called it a tough moment for him in the club. Uh, Felipe asked Stuber why it's taken this long to hear from him publicly. And, uh, Red Bull's official answer that MLS is still invest- investigating the incident. We cannot comment. Struber said that he had a very good exchange with San Jose forward Jeremy, Abobasi. It was a decision to remove Van Zier from team activities. And uh, that was made between Struber, Van Zier, and club management. So right now, Van Zier has stepped away from the club. Now, I think this is important, Heath, for everybody to know. This happens. There was an incident last season between D.C. United's Taxi Fontas and a defender from Inter Miami, Amy M- uh, Mabika, And MLS found in their investigation that the allegation made by Mabika was credible. While the league investigation could not independently verify the allegation, MLS did not find credible Fontas' claim, which he said that uh, he didn't say anything in that moment, discriminatory discriminatory, or otherwise. Now, video of that incident clearly shows Mabika suddenly reacting to something he believed he heard from Fontas. MLS was unable to confirm it independently, Though additional eyewitness accounts, video footage, or audio recordings, what Fontas said in that moment has been the league's long-standing practice in determining player discipline for these types of allegations. Anyway, so what they—I'm just bringing that up because there was an incident that happened last year. Fontas voluntarily remained separated from DC United during this investigation. We're seeing very similar action here. He did not participate in the next two MLS matches after that, but he is—and I that believe I think came to the end of the season. And now Taxi Fantas is playing again for DC United. And and it just feels like everybody just forgot about it or moved on. I, it's, 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 I feel like there's a standard protocol that's happening here. And this one, I don't know if that one feels, it just feels like we're not listening to the people that are, are being victimized in this particular instance. They're like, oh, well, did he really say it? Did he mean it like that? You know, I mean, what? I don't know, dude. It's
2: <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it, it, it's like you said. If you set a, uh, uh, th- there's there's very few ways that 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 you can punish somebody with context of this without expelling them, right? You can hit their wallet. Maybe that, depending on you who they the are. Maybe that, knock the maybe, team points, yeah. and you
0: get you, that player at least yeah, you heavily the, you suspended or out of the points.
2: league. Yeah, you have to take those extreme measures that have, um, you know really dire consequences right so that the player the club the fan base the league there is a precedent that's set moving forward um, that starts to eradicate that from 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 the game because there's just I I yeah I, I I can't imagine a scenario where any player for any reason would ever need to say things that have been said and clearly, punishments aren't harsh enough because it's happened again. Right. Like you said, right. And so it now needs to go a step further. You make a first example, clearly it's not good enough, right? Now you need to make another example and go a step further. Um, and you go and you go and you go, um, or you go to the farthest extent and then, and, and, and make a, make an example that way.
0: Man, there's a, there's a lot to unpack here, of course. And, and, uh, as more news comes out about this particular story, uh, we'll, we'll be sharing it with you guys in each show and, there is one instance, though. You remember Alexander Katai who played yeah. for the LA Galaxy and then his wife put something on her Instagram story about a, a racist remark on her Instagram story. And three days later, Alexander Katai was off the LA Galaxy. Now, the LA Galaxy isn't doing a lot of things right these days, but I absolutely love that. Like, there's just... We don't have time for people like this. And even though it wasn't mm-hmm. the players himself, it was his wife. And and maybe there was some other evidence that we don't know about of Katai doing something or having a history in this type of behavior, they got him out of there three days later. So, so I like that, that, that sounds great, right? Katai's out. He can go be an asshole somewhere else, but not in this league where they're representing a lot of great people that are doing a lot of great things and, and, uh, trying to build something special and positive here. Uh, we don't have time for, for these jerks. So, uh, I I thought that one was handled appropriately. So it'll be interesting to see how this one's handled, especially with the taxi Fontas example from last year. Not really being brought up again, but I thought it was worth you know, connecting these dots
2: a little I would bit. I would love to see the Red Bull fans uh, protest until change happens. I would love yeah, to see yeah. um, the league. I would love to see the teams. I'd love to see that type of – and it, but, by the way, I'm putting it on all these other people to make a, a statement in a stand. And it's not their job to do so. It's the league's job to do so. It's the team's job to do so. And – even as I say that out loud, I'm like, oh, now I'm asking the fans to have to make a stance on something that, that shouldn't be part of the game as it is. I'm asking, you know, other I'm asking all these factors to help push it. And maybe that is what we continue to need in our society. But yeah, ultimately it should come down um, with the most extreme of, of of consequences because it's just unacceptable. Period. It's
0: unacceptable. Yeah, it's unacceptable anyways. and has no place in the game whatsoever. All right, we're gonna take. Our second and last break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we'll talk about these CONCACAF Gold Cup venues. We'll do some weekend previewing, including El Trafico between the Red Hot LAFC, the reigning champs taking on the LA Galaxy, who are the opposite of Red Hot, and uh, maybe some other stuff we can get into, so don't go anywhere.
1: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to In Soccer We Trust, the CBS Sports Golazo Network, the first of its kind, free, twenty-four-seven channel dedicated exclusively to global soccer coverage, is now streaming on the CBS Sports app, Pluto TV, and Paramount Plus. You can get your morning started off on the right foot at seven a.m. Eastern Time—that is, or I think Pacific too—they replay it with Morning Footy, our weekday soccer culture-driven morning show. That has our very own Charlie Davies on it. Plus, don't miss the rest of our comprehensive programming lineup, including matches and re-airs, original studio shows, highlights, documentaries, and much more. The CBS Sports Golazo Network is the ultimate year-round streaming destination for fans of the beautiful game. And uh, I had a chance to be on the show a couple times this week. I'm excited about it. They have another show called Box to Box with Poppy Miller and Ian Paul Joy and Aaron West, which is very good and fun as well. It's kind of a headline show and uh, has great vibes. So... I love being a part of anything that they got cooking over there, the Glosso Channel. Mm-hmm. We highly encourage you to get on it. Actually, producer Alex is going to roll this clip for us. We had Charlie, our very own Chuck Wagon, doing his thing. And anytime you see him, you got to comment on his leather jacket. But he had a chance to talk to U.S. men's national team's number one goalkeeper, Matt Turner. So let's take a look at uh, Charlie's interviewing skills. Check this out.
1: <laughs> are on point, because I used to look at them things and it looked like you had skis. Oh, oh Chuck, now it looks why are you like, do them like hey, that? Now you got, it, you got it on point.
2: <laughs> no, listen, they still look like skis. They still look <laughs> big, but at least they're effect- a little bit more effective now. Um, no, I've gotten a lot better at that, identifying um, things in the game where I can hurt the other team rather than just sort of making a pass to make a pass. Do you
0: remember when, this is, is going to date me, but there was a show called Knight Rider back in the day, and David Hasselhoff was the, the main character, Michael Knight, and he always wear, he always wore a uh, leather jacket just like Chuck, so I don't know if he's uh, inspired by Knight Rider. Shout out to everybody who knows what the hell I'm talking <laughs> about. Uh, also, also that, was, that wasn't it. So, so Chuck's coming in and making fun of Matt Turner's feet. Matt Turner definitely played out of that, but that wasn't the only question he asked Matt. We got another one for you. Check this out. <laughs>
1: so open and and
2: candid and willing to act doing elf scenes with the revolution uh, which I think I give you a b plus for, for that for that how, how much longer till you, you you hang up the boots and you, you take one of our jobs listen uh, I don't want to say that that's uh, that, that's definitely something on my radar I'd love to be on TV I'd love to do that kind of stuff afterwards but my full focus right now is on playing playing at the highest level that I possibly can and um, continuing to play the national team and play well, but uh, I definitely feel like I have a future on on the television.
0: That's so. what I thought. Okay, okay. So Heath, I'm looking at Matt Turner. I'm looking mm-hmm. at you. Back to Matt. Back to you. Back to Matt. Back to you. You guys kind of have the same look. I'm gonna be yeah. honest. A little don't bit come. Don't come. Don't come up in here.
2: Don't don't come up in here. Hey, don't come up in here. Looking looking <laughs> looking 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 for some maritime. You know what I mean? You Jimmy. You and I we started from scratch you know i remember the first time that i was you and i i remember both of us kick tv i was told i was going to have like 6 weeks to get to get like adjusted into doing media and daily content and stuff and and then all of a sudden we were given the thing of jimmy your sh- new show starts in 2 weeks heath you're going solo on the show in 2 weeks and i remember just rep after rep, where like working off of a teleprompter or whatever, where I didn't blink for like hours, just staring, <laughs> trying to read and like robotic and all these things. Flop like, sweating. listen, yeah, man, oh, the amount of the shirts I used to sweat through was wild. <laughs> so, listen, Matt Turner, you can have this job, but you better you better get some reps in. You know what I mean? Because if not, we'll, we'll have you on here as a guest one day, and I'll just start throwing some curveballs at you. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then I'll well, clip it, and I'll put it on the internet. You know, okay, and that, uh, okay. Then
0: how are we yeah, exactly right? <laughs> <laughs> how are we rating Chuck? Everybody, everybody listening, uh, hit us up on ISWT pod and rate Chuck's interviewing skills. If you're watching on the YouTubes after you hit like and subscribe, let us know how Chuck is doing on morning footy. And as an interviewer. I thought he did. Okay. He's trying to get in there, trying to get that, uh, the entertaining side of the interview down. Way mm-hmm. to go,
2: Chuck. I was I'm pretty pleased. I, with yeah, this quote. I, 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 I like that. I like that. He's got to stop messing with the pen though. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he, too he, much, he, too, hands, too hands much hand. Too much, too much, too much pen work right now, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. It's yeah. a good brand play, but too much, too much pen work, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I love I honestly I I I love love the show. I love the people on the show. It's um it's awesome to see and um, you know, Chuck uh he's going to he's going to be hosting 60 minutes someday if he keeps
0: <laughs> We, we miss you, <laughs> you, Chuck. We miss Chuck. Give me on 60 minutes. That would be unbelievable. What a career arc that would be. All right, let's talk about the Gold Cup. Gold Cup, I should say, because CONCACAF announced that there's 15 cities doing 14 games. And uh, that is... Or 15 stadiums, I should say, doing 14 games. Apparently, there's going to be two different stadiums being used in Houston, Texas. But... um, (laughs)
2: so- <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, hold on, hold on. The, there's a comment, real quick. That we'll, we'll talk about this, but there's the comment of 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 Jab that says it's a dog fight out there, my dog. Do you remember that comment <laughs> yeah, yeah, of yeah, like yeah, yeah. the the funniest That's person on Turner Arsenal? One. And he's like, yeah, yeah, he's like Matt Turner accidentally. I mean, he's like. Telling Kevin De Bruyne that relax, dog. It's a it's a dog fight out there. <laughs> uh, he can, if he's yeah. going to say that on every episode, he can have my job. Yeah, I that's true. That's true. Yeah, the that's unintentional
0: great. humor is the yeah, way to go.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. So, Anyways. the big kind of big news for me is that SoFi Stadium is getting the Gold Cup final when I believe it was reported by FIFA that that stadium wasn't big enough to host a World Cup game. So, that's an interesting twist, as it were. Snapdragon Stadium, where San Diego Loyal play, uh, they are hosting one. That'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. We got uh, Las Vegas getting uh, Glendale, Arizona, it's, where this it's, it's, game's going to be played. It's
2: Lee weird, Area, Jimmy. It's almost up, like I mean. San Diego's trying to get an MLS team. That's really uh, weird. Now all of a sudden, they've just got some games on the map. It's a bizarre... Funny how that works. No got, Northwest. Uh, kind of shocking. It is. Yeah, no Pacific
0: Northwest up there. You can see kind of empty in that part of the country. I thought it was a bit surprising. Kansas City's had quite a few Gold Cup games in the past. Mm-hmm. Not this time around. St. Louis is coming to sneak in. Soldier Field comes in. I find this interesting, Heath, because I think that we're seeing a couple of markets here that didn't get World Cup bids or didn't Mm -hmm. get World Cup host city ones. Not that Soldier Field said they didn't want in, which I bet you they're kicking themselves for. But now they seem to be getting a a little bit of the scraps here, the sloppy seconds for this (laughs) cult cup venue. We have a couple stadiums in Houston. We got AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Uh, Cincinnati's getting a game. We have uh, Fort Lauderdale. So Inter-Miami Stadium getting a game. Charlotte FC getting a game. And Red Bull Arena getting a game, so kind of a mix of of different sizes yeah. of stadiums, which I which I like too. You know, BMO Field yeah,
2: in Toronto. I, I mean, look, we 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 know that the big draw in the Gold Cup is the Mexico national team, right? So when you think about when you think about their group stages, I could see them Soldier Field, no problem. They'll rock that house at least for right. a good amount of if they get a game there. Um, Glendale, obviously, AT&T St- Stadium, obviously, uh, Allegiant, obviously. Um, gold cup final being in, at SoFi obviously. And, and, then, and then I think the U S would do well in and Levi's like it did um, during the Copa America Centenario. But like generally those big stadiums, I would presume are reserved for, for are going to be uh, most, ex, uh, most well uh, used by, by the Mexico national team and what they draw. Think- Otherwise I like this. I like city park stadium in St. Louis. That's amazing. I want to see, yeah. you know, TQL yeah. and Cincinnati. Like these are atmospheres that are, unbelievable for national team games that aren't going to be your biggest games and and huge draws like that type of, you know, I hated playing in quarter full stadiums at the national team because you went to a a stadium that sort of was too big a capacity for the matchup. I didn't Uh, hate it, but like, it just, you know, you want to feel that energy. Sure.
0: Sure. Well, our friend and and former teammate of the US men's national team, Hercules Gomez said that, uh, or called out CONCACAF recently for hosting so many tournaments in the U.S. And, I think he knows why it happens there's just more money to be made but I do think that there's an argument to be had about what well what if what if in the group stages of the gold cup you get you give Jamaica a home game it's not that far right you're only asking potentially somebody else to to fly down to Jamaica and there's already a, enough travel that's probably going to happen in this gold cup anyway even from one side of the country to the other in the u.s or or giving mexico a game at azteca or maybe one of their their smaller venues it doesn't have to be azteca i do think that there's something to be said there i think it would be cool for yeah, for, but, ha- for for haiti to get a home game or i think it'd be I amazing. there's a lot of a lot of haitians in the u.s i know there's a lot of jamaicans in the u.s and it's cool to see your your team where you're currently living but but I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a way that could maybe yeah.
2: Yeah, build out the my, of
0: federations of those countries so they continue to to benefit from this as well.
2: Well, they they CONCACAF's goal is to develop 41 nations, right? So why would you give is it to it? Haiti and 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 not? <laughs> I'm not saying the whole tournament. Uh, I'm just Vincent, saying one game. You know? Yeah, but I'm just but one but, but you you go through a number of like nations league home games, you get all these things and very rarely are they well attended, right? I don't actually, that's a horrible blanket statement. That's not true at all. There's 41 nations, each nation's going to be different, but like when your ability to drive revenue and bring in sponsors, Uh, that are going to drive the ability to then have trickle-down money into these developing nations and create programming specific to those countries, I do think you need to go where the biggest pool of money is. When I think about it on that sense, now, I can't tell you whether or not the transparency of where a dollar goes uh, when it gets earned and what nations it goes to, but in theory, they're the governing body for all 41 nations, right? Mm -hmm. And you're trying to earn as much money within your pool to be able to trickle that down and and create programs. And my conversations with them, um, you know, they care about uh, you you obviously have to satisfy the, the bigger nations because that's where you can drive a lot of your revenue. But that revenue isn't just going into their pockets. That's meant to create programming and create more grassroots capabilities and possibilities and accessibility across the 41 nations. And so I do think having games in those places would be amazing. But um, in the same way that that. Um, you know, if you played a big game, in, this, you play a big game in, the, in the U.S., Mexico plays all their matches in the U.S., right? Because um, there's an ability to... to A, a financial benefit it maxi- for them doing the that. Maximize the dollar yeah. that they're going to
0: earn. 100%. Um,
2: but CONCACAF as a governing body has a responsibility to make as much money as possible that can give money to nations to develop and create programs within those nations. Now, maybe that is better if you bring awareness and you bring the games and you bring all these things, but they do get Nations League, they do get qualifying, they do get a number of these things. Sure, sure, sure. And there is probably some systemic issues that keep going to the bigger countries that aren't allowing those other ones to develop um that are forcing them to stay generations behind over generation over generation which which i i agree with and there's probably some deeper darker things tied to that um but generally speaking the the i would go after the bigger pool of money and trickle that down into these nations um but it would be great for those countries to all have a game too. Yeah,
0: I was just yeah. I was speaking more romantically, and you're speaking more pr- pragmatically, and that's why we're having yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not on the same page there. All right. Speaking of Concacaf, let's get into the Concacaf Champions League because the final four is almost set. Uh, Violette beat Lyon uh, on Tuesday, but it wasn't enough because Lyon won the first leg 5-0, so Lyon moves on, and LAFC beat vancouver 3-0 they went on aggregate 6-0 over the two legs that was on tuesday as well so they booked their ticket to the semi philly behind two goals from julian carranza uh they end up coming back and getting a 2-2 result to get past atlas so
2: they're what into a, the semi-final a now ball we have- from jack mcglynn
0: unbelievable ball yeah, I, I Philly like when Philly's playing at their best and they're like super confident. They are a lot of fun to watch, which is more done that, that a lot mind. this year.
2: <laughs> not this year, <laughs> yeah, but like yeah, yeah. over yeah. the last
0: couple of years, it's been yeah, it, they fair. really are exciting. It's pretty team, amazing. Even. Yeah. So you got LAFC versus Philly in one semifinal, mm-hmm. which feels uh, I wish they were playing in the final. But here we are. So we got that. This is a rematch of the MLS Cup final from last year. One of the most epic, if not the most epic MLS Cup final of all time. Me mean, Heath and Charlie were all there in, the, in, in person. Uh, yeah. I think for the first time since we had started the show in soccer we trust so that was very exciting we got to witness some history together now they're going to play against each other over two legs in the semifinals maybe I like it better because it's over two legs you get a little bit more you know strategy and tactics in there but that should be fantastic I'm really looking forward to that and Tigres plays Motagua tonight they're up one zero, and they're playing at home so I like Tigres to go through and take on their Liga MA Keys counterpart, Leon, in the other semifinal. But it's lining up to be a fantastic CONCACAF Champions League. I just wanted to throw that out there. Now, Heath, before we let uh, the good people go, and we again appreciate everybody's support, got some big matchups to watch this particular weekend and Monday, because Leeds takes on Liverpool on Monday. They need all the points that they Mm -hmm. can get. It's at Ellen Road. It's at home. It'll be interesting to see how they perform in that. Uh, Liverpool, you never know which version you're going to get of them this particular season. We have Chelsea taking out Brighton. Chelsea fresh off of losing to Real Madrid in Madrid 2-0 midweek. Christian Pulisic. I think, why not? Just roll him out, man. Let this guy play a little bit. We'll see what ends up happening there. Let him start, I guess, is where I want to go. But we got El Trafico in in, uh, in MLS, which I think is an exciting game. The first one got canceled at the beginning of the year due to inclement weather. Uh, What are you looking forward to? Any any of these games stand out for you? Obviously, there's other players we got going. Obviously, uh, we know the list around the worlds, but uh, those are the three that I thought kind of jumped out of it.
2: Um, I'm looking through the list now of just what what, what, what might be uh, big games. Uh, Valencia-Sevilla. Um, yeah, I'm well, that's a huge one. Yeah, Sevilla, um, Sevilla takes
0: on Man United today, so we'll see if that impacts them at all, but having a midweek yeah. game when, when Valencia doesn't is is uh, interesting. Um, yeah. um, I, mean, I, I guess see. I'm kind of just yeah. trying to decide how many goals I think Dennis Bawanga is going to score. Yeah. against uh, the LA he's, Galaxy, because that dude is red hot. He, yeah, remember when uh, Sebastian Jovinko came into TFC and just lit up mm-hmm. the league? I was like, this is the best little, tiny, little guy I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> and and uh, I think Wonga's is in that same type of form. Like, he's just, it doesn't matter where he's shooting from. It's hitting the back of the net. It, it doesn't right. matter the kind of runs he's making. The ball's going to find him. I mean, obviously, he's doing incredible work to get himself in great spots. But he's hes just so relaxed and confident that I don't even like Chicho Arango. Who's that dude? Like who <laughs> not even missing Chicho Arango at all. Yeah. And it reminds me yeah. a little bit of, of, you put somebody in, a, in the, maybe their best spot and they start to perform. And I think JMO Jordan Morris would be another person at Seattle to look into. There is another game too. There's Nashville versus uh, Cincinnati this week. And both of those teams have five clean sheets out of their first seven games, which they're close to setting the record. There's only I think one other team that's had six clean sheets in their first eight games in MLS history, and they really? one of them might do it this week. So, or they might both do it. Who knows? If they have a zero zero draw, but that's really uh, an exciting game for me for a lot of different reasons. So I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, uh, the Galaxy say, I, haven't one won, of... man. The Galaxy haven't won. They're a train wreck. They're a train wreck.
2: Yeah, that one's uh, not having Chicharito has been a big, a big, um, big loss for them just because he can. He's just got that knack for goal. That when things aren't going good, he can he can just put you into games. You can score goals. You can light up that, that energy that you need. Um, and, uh, the other one, the other one is gank, uh, Anderlecht. Mark McKenzie Their gank was like 10 points plus clear. Dude, they were all so season clear at the top and yeah. now they're two points clear. Um, and, and it's going to come down to the wire. And obviously they have a playoff system and all that sort of stuff that, that goes into, uh, that goes on beyond that. But like, um, just, they've lost a lot of the cushion. And when you come in, you come in with a, with a like a point gap when you go into those playoffs and that, that has decreased big time. And so um, I would love to see him get a championship there. We've had, we've had Americans do that before from Oguchi Onyewu to Sasha question to, to I'm not sure who else has won championships. Um, oh yeah. Uh, Matt Miazga. I think he did. Didn't, didn't they win on the, or maybe they drew. No. can't remember if Matt Miazga won, but I knew that he took away points uh, on the final day of the season that made it so gank, couldn't win a couple seasons back, Mark's first season there. So um would love to see another American player win a trophy. Um, but it's 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 tight from here on out.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be really tight. Squeaky bum time. And and sometimes when you have that big of a lead, you relax in a way that you shouldn't. You lose a little bit of that sharpness. I think that's a natural mm-hmm. collective human condition or even individual condition that happens. So I'm kind of curious about again as well uh, in in the Dutch they league are, with Ricardo Pepe.
2: They're dead, dude. Like, I mean, they've got six games,
0: wise. six games to go, and they're eight points out of relegation. Like, they're
2: in the relegation Out of, relega- zone. Out of relegation playoff, right? Um,
0: well, no, that would be seven points from relegation playoff, but but eight behind. Yeah, I mean, it's right there, seven yeah, or eight points. Yeah. But they've lost their last five straight. They're playing the tenth best team, Evolvic. This. Uh, this weekend, just let's I just see.
2: hope that Ricardo Pepe does not have like a shirt underneath when he scores a goal that just says like "Alone is hard" or like you know. <laughs> is any, does anybody I hate Augsburg. Help? You know, yeah. <laughs> is anybody, I'm never going back
0: to Augsburg. Yeah.
2: Can that anybody would be, hear me? Uh, that'd
0: be uh, absolutely yeah. hilarious. Obviously, uh, we're on a geo radar watch. We'll see if he gets to to play anything, any meaningful mm-hmm. minutes. I mean, uh, interesting times for a lot of our American yeah, players, exactly uh, across the board. All right, let's let's. I want to Let's do a little story time before we let everybody go because some big news happening between some players at Bayern Munich is Sadio Mane apparently punched Leroy Sané in the face. Yeah. Apparently, Leroy Sané talked to Sadio Mane in a way that he didn't like and that carried over off the field and into the locker room after the game. Now, City won 3-0 so I can understand why there was a lot of Bayern frustration. Uh, Sadio Mane and Leroy Sané have both Apologize to the team, and Sadio has now been suspended from the team until further notice from new coach Thomas Tuchel. I wanted to know, Heath, if you've ever been in, in a situation where you had teammates in in a fistfight of that nature, and and uh, and what happened, and why, and all that good stuff. You have anything? You have any anything juicy? No,
2: I don't. I don't really remember any fistfights breaking out. I mean, trying to think through it, but I don't no, remember. It, there had to be, be some emotional really outbursts. Yeah, and you had almost every day. Guys are in each other's faces like they're gonna fight, but no one ever fought. You know, yeah, like sure, it was always broken sure. up and whatever, and it's always like the hold me back, hold me back type of uh, type of thing. Um, <laughs> like, like remember... walking
0: towards somebody who will hold you back, because you don't have to. Act, yeah, like, yeah, exactly, act exactly. You know, yeah, Yo, yeah
2: hold, hold me back, hold me back, hold me back. Get after this guy. You better, you better be happy they're holding me back. Uh, but now I don't remember. Do you have any that of like pure like breakout and like straight up violence? Uh, there was a time
0: where Mauricio Wright used to play for the Costa Rican national team, put in a couple of world cups for them. He was my teammate in San Jose. And I remember him getting emotional one time. He didn't train the hardest. I love the guy, mm-hmm. but he didn't train very hard. And when somebody that was training hard kind of challenged him, he didn't take to that too well. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember if he ever connected on a swing, but I remember that, you know, maybe, uh, and it wasn't necessarily a fist; maybe it was an elbow, but there was some there was some extra juice on on some either our tackle. He wasn't mm-hmm. afraid to fly in on two foot tackles too. I don't know why he jumps to mind, but I remember Mauricio Wright being a, a player that in training, you know, you'd want sometimes you'd want a little bit more. The coaches would get on him. He's like, "Dude, I'm just ready when the game comes." And I'm sure you've been around guys like that too that don't have any time for training, but in the yeah. games they are they are another level. And I feel like Mauricio Wright fell into that category for me. Super yeah. talented could could he was a defender that like basically had to dribble out of the back and could create he yeah. could probably
2: play holding midfield those guys Joe me i mean when 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 um ferreira's dad david ferreira we we were 10 points in 10 games into the season and him and i were almost at blows every single day cuz he was lazy man lazy and then all of a sudden we came together as a team and it was kind of all basically saying we don't trust what this coach is doing but let's come together to fight together and and then all of a sudden he overnight became the best player in the league won the league mvp that year and i was like dude you know what you walk all you want in training you walk all you want in games you do whatever you want we got you we will cover it but there was like that mutual of like no you deliver no problem you know you don't right, deliver right. we can't have you walking around in 5v5 because i got to track two men in uh in a in a small sided game like you better light it up. And then he was like lights out. Um, and, but we were almost like every day in each other's faces, like arguing, like ready. It was, it was coming, you know, but somehow it yeah. didn't and it yeah. came together and we, 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 we crushed it.
0: Yeah. I remember having something similar with Preki when we were in Kansas city, he was league MVP my first year there. And we played a three, five, two to accommodate him. So, and at first it used to piss me off. Like, why do I have to carry water for this guy? Why am I doing the extra work for this guy? But then I realized why the hell do I want Preki? who's so incredibly gifted, wasting any energy defending. Like, I want him to get on the ball and have as much energy as possible to absolutely suffocate that other team and crush them, stomp on their throats, you know? And so right. and so once I started to kind of change my perspective about what it means to have that type of player that has this world-class ability and my role within the team, which was not that guy. I was the hard-working, hard-on-the-sleeve guy that could just put guys in good spots to make plays. Then it started all fall in place. So not only did Precky... I feel like we had to meet him halfway, and it sounded yeah. like that's what happened with uh, David yeah. Ferrer as well. I,
2: oh, what I will tell you before you close out the show is that I, I think I've said it a number of times on the shows of Pablo Mastroni's example of like Pablo Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're the best player in training, and Saturday you jump on my back is what Pecky had said <laughs> to him um, in his Pecky ac- accent, which is yeah, like, yeah, 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 every day you do the business, you do the hard work, you're the guy, but on Saturday. I carry you. you know, uh, <laughs> I love that. Is so
0: good. It's so good, and it's spot yeah. on. And I had played with yeah. Precky uh, enough years to, to know that voice very clearly yeah. in my head. All right, everybody, we're going to end story time. We're going to end the show right here. So on behalf of producer Dez, producer Alex, Charlie, Chuck Wagon, Davies, Hollywood, Heath Pierce, I'm Jimmy Cream Cheese, Trash Can Conradino Conrad, also known as Jim, saying thank you for listening and watching you in Soccer We Trust. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games and we will see you on the other side on Monday. See you then. Later.